0: Given my recent lamentation of the lack of Biota podcasts, I've taken it on myself to editorialize, let's say, some changes that I want to make in my simulation, which is now known as the APSDK. And this relates to the addition of lightning to the weather. Now, the APSDK exists as many sub-projects, well, not many, enough that could be counted on maybe two hands. But the main project is called Simulated Ape, which is what the previous simulation became, and that in and of itself is interesting because I use the metal graphics technology that Apple has historically promoted and I adopted after they dropped support for OpenGL. So that in and of itself produces a relatively nice, relatively high frames a second simulation. However, um, it does now include the cognitive simulation as well, which robs some of the processing power, uh, but also provides an interesting... Window, for want of a better term, an interesting way of visualising some of the you know, cognitive development when the apes are asleep versus when they're awake and these kind of things. So I do wonder how many people out there actually continue to develop these kind of projects because historically I would look to the likes of Larry Yeager and his Polyworld. I actually wrote an implementation of Noble Ape as it was at the time using I think the Polyworld uh, neural network from memory. And what it caused me to focus on was how, I don't know, relatively rarefied it is actually writing these kind of simulations and the fact that I've been developing the APSDK since 1996 and do so in a very particular fashion. So part of doing the addition of electrical storms, let's say, is that there is a planet, uh, or what I call, I guess, simulated planet now, simulated earth that is a version of the simulation that runs on a cube literally the flat faces are just projected onto the six faces of a cube so that development is something that I've always maintained in parallel to the APSDK development and the code is actually heavily intertwined but getting that part to rebuild has been a bit of a it's, it's kind of a cyclical problem because I have Maybe three simulations that come out of the Ape SDK, the first being simulated Ape, the second being what is now, I guess, simulated War, which is a pitch battle simulation. Uh, and also what has historically been called Mushroom Boy, but is an urban simulation and this planet development as well. So four. I've corrected myself in actually saying it out loud. So all these things need to build with the Ape SDK and... For some period of time, one of them didn't build or one of them had a problem with metal or, you know, there was a kind of cyclical problem where I'd fix one and another one would break and I'd have to fix another one. So I've been able to resolve that cyclical problem in the past few days just by finding the, you know, most recent and sorry, I should probably say another caveat. APSDK is now a GitLab hosted open source project they actually validated it as an official open source project in recent months, which gives me a free GitLab account and also gives me the ability to continue to maintain the source code, which is actually really a very good thing. I mean, it was actually really quite a curious process to go through, have the license validated and process validated and get all these bits and pieces, which obviously I've done for a long period of time, validated as active open source. And if they would only promote that in some way, it would be really wonderful. I mean, I guess I'm promoting it and recording a podcast and I have a, you know, a, a book project which relates to a talk that I gave in the past about this work as well, with immense level of detail, actually, with some fascinating biologists, which I've anonymized intentionally for a curious effect. Anyway, so just getting this stuff promoted in any capacity is really very interesting. But unfortunately... GitLab doesn't do that. It just gives you the hosting and gives you the access to um, the continuous integration, continuous development environment, and various other bits and pieces, which obviously I've tried to utilize as much as possible with my simulation work. So the past few days have been a kind of circular whack-a-mole trying to get all the bits of the simulation to compile for uh, primarily the planetary simulation because that's where it gets particularly interesting with the weather um, is the kind of movement of the weather over a cube which I think visually is a very beautiful effect, but actually getting the, you know, you've got a metal as a particular colour blitting format, which you have to get exactly right. And I do reflect that I don't know if there are others that are actually doing this out in the community. Part of the reason of recording this podcast is just to put it out there that others may step forward. But historically, well, certainly in the past couple of years when I've done that, this hasn't really happened aside from Anton Mikhailov, which I'm very thankful to have had the opportunity to chat with. But I'm interested... I mean, are there other folk that do this in C, for example? I use the C programming language and I've done so for many years because for me it's kind of the lingua franca of programming and enables me to access, you know, m- low-level memory management and things that I'd want through this kind of simulation in particular, you know, getting the maximum processor power and the decent mathematics and all the kinds of things which are really critical when you're doing things like simulating weather. So anyway, that process has taken me just a few days and I put in what will be initially an addition to the weather simulation. The weather simulation I wrote, I don't know, probably again in the late 90s, and have refined only very gradually, really mainly just processing improvements and means of getting it to run slightly faster. And the clouds uh, have a kind of alpha blend quality over them, so they really are quite beautiful and abstract in themselves. But the addition of Electrical storms was something that's always interested me because electrical storms visually have a very interesting property with regards to the shape of clouds. And when, you know, lightning fires within clouds, it actually produces a very interesting visual effect, which I was hoping to include in the simulation i probably should point out that i haven't actually done this yet this is a a project that i'm working on specifically which is why i think it's particularly interesting to editorialize it in this podcast but part of it is just getting the facilities ready just getting the memory ready just getting stuff situated so when i write the actual mathematics it can be updated very rapidly Uh, my thought initially was just to find random seed points or maybe even a formulae associated with where you find the actual bolts of lightning coming down Although the bolts of lightning themselves won't be represented, the light effects of the lightning will be represented, and that's what I'm ultimately looking to actually do through this. The funny thing, because the simulation has been developed for a number of years now, is actually the recent developments have been more associated with getting it reworking through things like metal, and because it's primarily a a Mac simulation, probably adding Swift. I have added Swift historically, pulled it back with a metal bug, actually, which Apple has fixed, well... In a time frame that's relatively recent for me because I found they fixed it relatively recently, but actually it's been fixed for a few years now. Uh, they just didn't notify me when they fixed it. I found this out by chance, just thinking, wouldn't it be great if Metal still worked with the simulation? So the recent work has mainly been about maintenance and just making sure that it'll actually continue to compile and work on a variety of different platforms. I go to Windows periodically as well, just making sure that it still works with that. But the actual development has maintained, well, pretty well in the state that I was talking about it in, um, you know, more than a decade ago. So really, this will be the first addition to the simulation of any real sense. And like I say, probably about a decade, which is interesting. I'm reusing the simulation. Or I'm using parts of the simulation anyway in my London 1940 development, which also relates to football hooliganism in a very interesting way, because I wanted to use kind of football hooligan fighting styles. For the potential of simulating sea lion which is a very interesting and curious piece of history and one where reliving it is not particularly edifying but certainly raises some serious ethical questions about how well really the success of a particular regime in training a particular kind of military and the recruiting from really children uh, into particularly the Luftwaffe but also into the Waffen-SS which is something that has I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, it's, it's the kind of difficult simulation part to actually looking at sea lion as a thing is that the nature of the tactics for recruitment and training was something which, you know, I mean, obviously contemporarily there are child soldiers and these kind of things, but you don't expect to be looking into this stuff as a, you know, contemporary person. And that certainly has been an interesting part of even considering the sea lion development is how you actually look at agent models where the agents are of a particular historical perspective and a particular historical time. But I will move that philosophical stickiness to one side for now. So the difficulty with regards to London 1940 development is actually taking the maps and making proper buildings out of the maps. The maps are highly detailed, but the algorithm that was almost exclusively written by Bob Bottram my long-time uh, periodic programming sparring partner doesn't actually render the buildings as being proper buildings. I'm actually thinking of completely rewriting that portion of code, at least, to make buildings that can have internal structures. I have a, a couple of quite interesting algorithms for actually creating the internal structures of buildings as well. And once you have the internal structures and buildings, they become considerably more interesting for agent models because the agents can actually go in the buildings. And if you give them a purpose in the buildings and things like that, then it becomes a very different simulation indeed. So London 1940 has been a kind of on-again, off-again project for the past two or three years with me and very decently and quite seriously for a good period of time for bob Motram as well although he's currently writing an open source twitter which is the way that i describe it to people in terms of the project that's taking most of his time and he really isn't doing anything with the london 1940 development so i wanted to record a podcast just to give some outline of these experiences as someone who's still contemporarily developing what might be loosely referred to as artificial life historically I don't really get a sense of where the field is currently academically. And I know there are a number of academics that continue to publish in the field and there continues to be the artificial life journal and various other bits and pieces. Um, however, it doesn't really affect any aspect of my development currently because really the nature of doing one of these kind of developments is really you're scratching your own itches fundamentally. So that I thought was worthy of recording a short podcast just to give some discussion to the stuff that I do, the bread and butter basically of my ongoing simulation development and to reach out to anyone else that is doing interesting development currently or would like to also participate in a conversation associated with their development and what might be philosophically sticky in the stuff that they're doing. So I thought I'd record a short podcast just to put it out there and give an opportunity for anyone who wants to correspond about this. I certainly received a single piece of correspondence when I talked about football hooligan simulation in the past. And lo and behold, it is actually a field or historically been a field, at least, which has generated at least a couple of video games and certainly some interesting discussion about uh, the nature of football hooligans in a simulation sense. And it's strange because this notion of the, you know, perhaps slightly repugnant agent, but, you know, this this kind of idea is certainly very central to the Loan development as well. So important to put it out there. And I look forward to any correspondence which I can... Furnished from putting out the sword here. Tom Barbell in Las Vegas, Nevada, signing out.